You're listening to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Lexington podcast. Take a moment to center yourself in this space and enjoy this week's sermon. Well, welcome again to our new members in our midst. I know there's been a lot of people who have surprisingly joined this congregation during this pandemic time, and so if you were somehow missed, there will always be more opportunities to welcome you, and if you're like, oh good, I didn't have to stand up in front of people, that's okay too. (laughs) There's something I'm curious about, and a new member in gathering, the question that's always on my heart and mind is, what does it mean to be a Unitarian Universalist in 2022? What does it mean to be a part of this community? And this is a story that will, I will always remember. I used to work at a public library for about 10 years. And the amount of Unitarian Universalists on the staff of that public library was astounding. It was just like, oh, hey, oh, I didn't see you at church. It was, it was very peculiar. <laughs> um, but there are also people from other religious backgrounds on that staff. And as you can imagine, eventually some people would share a religious background or perspective that was almost the exact opposite of Unitarian Universalism. And I worked very closely with one such person at that public library. And it was someone where like, I would be checking someone out, they'd be getting a bunch of wonderful, great books, they'd be checking out the Advocate magazine or other LGBTQ books, they'd be like, hey, that's great. And she would give me a side eye and kind of a, hmm, a disapproving little sound. Or she was the one who would often say, why do we have a racial justice collection on display at the library? That wasn't my decision. I was staying out of that debate. You talked to the librarians. They didn't want to hear it either. One day she knew I was in seminary and she turned to me once. It was kind of quiet and you're not really supposed to talk religion and politics in many workplaces and a public library was one of those places. And she just kind of put her hands down like it was like almost a thud on the counter. She goes, Brian, what on earth do you believe? It's like, okay, wow. Um, And she's like, you should be ready for this. You're in seminary. I'm like, oh, yes, okay. (laughs) Um, And I started to say one of what used to be a very convoluted explanation of what the heck a Unitarian Universalist was. Every time I would get to a point, she'd go, yeah, but what do you believe? And I'd say, well, okay, all right, yeah, human worth and dignity and things like this, things like that. Yeah, but what do you believe? And she kept going, what do you believe? I knew what she wanted me to say. She wanted me to talk about what do I believe about the Bible, about God, about Jesus, about the rapture and other things that I knew she held very dearly. I had visited her church in the past. In the past. And so finally, I used to carry a bunch of these little cards in my pocket that had our principles on them. Um, In the city of Chicago, if you're downtown, you get witness to a lot. And so I'd be like, oh, let me witness to you back. Um, (laughs) I'll take yours if you take mine. (laughs) Um, Finally, I just said, here, read this. (laughs) And she opened it and she she started reading it. She was like, "Mm, okay, yeah. And she read our principles and our our sources. And she looked at me and said, who on earth would disagree with any of this? What do you believe? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So I'm not going to say that conversation ended as wonderfully as I would have hoped. 
I was a seminarian. I don't know if that conversation would end as wonderfully as I'd hoped today either, um, though I might be a little more direct and say, all right, her name was Sarah. She's not on the service, don't worry. Um, <laughs> I'd say, Sarah, I know, I know what you want me to talk about. Um, and let me just clarify here. You want me to talk about these things and list off the things that she probably cares deeply about. And I'd say, okay, my approach is a little different to this and start going into that. But the question remains from that experience, and I know many of you have had experiences like this, maybe not with a frustrated little pocket card, here's what we believe, <laughs> take it, but other moments where you've gone, what exactly is it that we believe? What holds us together as Unitarian Universalists? In five seconds or less, who has an idea? And I will take, I will count to five and the microphone disappears, I swear. Charlie, what do you got? Worth and dignity of every human being. I will not fly around the congregation because respect our camera folks here. Um, what else? What holds us together? Covenant. What else? Love. What else? Open-mindedness. What else? Connection and community. What else? Social justice. Okay, what else? Willingness to take action. Anything else? Traditions drawn on, great. Anything else? How to make the world better ourselves. Make the world better ourselves. Oh, I like that. I thought I heard another one. Science. Cool. The democratic process. Pat, what did you say? Search for what we believe. Yeah. Reason. I like that. Humility. Oh, I like that. Respect for others. And their search for truth. I like that. And now we're building. We're like creating our own principles here. Interestingly enough, I didn't hear our seven principles, and in this congregation, eight principles. Hmm, interesting. But I heard a lot of things that are true in so many UU communities. Justice, community, covenant, respect. And of course, the list goes on and on. Is there one of those that is the absolute center of who we are? Respect for others? Love? I'm sure if I opened it up, we'd still have 30 answers, right? <laughs> That's our center, the mess. Now, Marianne uh, hopefully didn't raise your blood pressure too much when she said, Reverend Brian's going to talk about all the changes that are happening in Unitarian Universalism. Um, if you've read the UU World magazine, it's been in there for a while, or you read our e-news recently, there is a suggestion and a growing movement to change not just one of our principles or add one principle, but to change all of them in the Unitarian Universalist Association. The last time this happened was in the mid 90s where it was a small little wording change. And then before that, it was when I was still an infant in 1984 that the principles were changed. Now, some of you might go, well, when were the principles changed before that? Who's been a UU since before the 80s? The principles we have today are not the principles that were there in the 80s. Who's been a, any UUs here? I know we have some that are members, I don't know if they're here today, that were members since the 60s. 
The principles we have today are not the principles that were the same before the 80s and then before the 60s. Who are any members even longer than that? <laughs> Who are our 100-year-olds? Um, <laughs> Ruth Strauss, yes. She was a member back when we were not UU. We were a single U Unitarian Fellowship here. I have a list of all the principles we've had since 1790, before we were merged together. And some of them are just a delight, and some of them, they almost feel a little snarky. Uh, <laughs> we've always had a sense of humor in religion as Unitarians, Universalists, and as UUs. But in 1961, the first principle, principle was to strengthen one another in a free and disciplined search for truth as the foundation of religious fellowship. I like that. In 1974, it changed to support the free and disciplined search for truth as the foundation of religious fellowship. In 1984, that principle got moved to number four. I didn't put it on here. <laughs> a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. It's interesting to see that in there. I'm not saying that's our center, but I heard it a lot from people of respect, of that freedom to search, of reason, of just having that freedom there. In 1825, the Unitarian said, the object of this association shall be diffuse the knowledge and promote the interest of pure Christianity throughout the country, period. They're succinct, which was interesting. In 1790, the Universalists began with, what are the Holy Scriptures? And then what's the Supreme Being? And who is the mediator? What's the Holy Ghost? And it says Holy Ghost. And what's good work? So this is an interesting document here. I'm not going to read the proposed draft in its entirety today. That information is out there and it is a draft. Um, and the encouragement for everybody that's a part of this community is to be a part of that process of sharing your feedback with our association if you share it with me, I will listen to you, but I can't change what their draft is. So sharing it with our association, um, because there'll be another draft in January, and then it goes to a bigger vote in May. And we have to send delegates about that, about what's going to change potentially. And uh, the first principle in the new draft of the principles begins with love. It says, love is the creative power, something to that effect that holds us together. And then it goes through there. You might like it, you might love it, you might not like it at all. Now, the seven principles that we have nationally have been the principles of my whole life, right? And I've heard the stories in 1984 of when they were changed, how people treated one another at that General Assembly. And the reminder I would have is no matter what you feel about this, to remember that we need to be in covenant with one another to treat each other with love. It doesn't mean you have to like what people are doing. You can still be like, all right, I love and respect you, but I don't like what that's what you're doing right there. Um, and to inform ourselves of these changes that could happen. Could you imagine if the Episcopalians got up there one day at their, their general synod, I forget what they call it, and said, we're gonna change the 10 commandments. Now that's not what the principles are to us. They are not a creed. They're not a test of faith. 
but they are part of what weaves us and holds us together. And we have a voice in that process. And that's the reminder. So I know one of our board members, I won't put you on the spot today, is very interested in holding some sessions with you all and gathering feedback about that and um, also preparing ourselves for what's yet to come. It doesn't mean they're going to, boom, change overnight. It'll be years before that would happen, if it happens. I have to keep adding that if, if that happens. The thing to remember is that we are a living tradition. It's on our hymnals. They're in the back over there, of course. The, the singing the living tradition, it's called. And our principles have changed radically, drastically in the past. The last time we tried to change our principles was in the early 2000s, and it didn't go very well. No, it didn't. <laughs> Some of you remember that. My hope here is that we look at the principles we have. You can get your little pocket card after service if you like. You can open them up in the hymnal. You can buy a poster of them if you want to. Look at the principles we have, including the eighth we've adopted here in this congregation. Ask yourself what you love about those principles. What do you feel is in those principles that holds us together? How many people here, I don't know, believe in a higher power? I'm just curious. Okay. How many don't? How many have more than one higher power? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I forget gods, goddesses, etc. That's part of it too. Um, how many people believe there's some sort of life after death? broadly defined? How many don't? How many of you aren't even sure about any of the questions I just asked you? <laughs> That's an option too. <laughs> All of, I could keep going, right? All of those different beliefs in this room, one higher power, many higher powers, none at all, not sure. And yet we still come together as a church community. We'll still break bread together after the service for those that join us. We'll still get our hands in the dirt tending to this beautiful piece of property that we have. We'll still go to build meetings to advocate for justice with people who believe differently than us in Lexington. We'll still be able to have conversations with one another, even though I know, I'm just going to pick on someone, you believe in 40 gods, I don't believe in any on a Tuesday. I don't know what's going on, but we'll get along because at our center are our values and this community. And so it is important for us to know what's going on if you're like, what on earth are you talking about, Brian? What changes are happening? Read the e-news. They're in the e-news. <laughs> but also, we'll get that information and keep getting it out there. Because this is something where we all have to be curious about it. You cannot like it. You can love it. But let's remember that right here in this space is already a diversity of belief. And perhaps maybe that's a little closer to what holds us together. is being free and open in that diversity with one another. I think that was getting at some of what we're, what we're about here. So for this and for so many other things, may it be so. Blessed be, dear friends. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.ucl.org. 
where you can find more information about our grounds, staff, and upcoming events. You can also subscribe to our e-news there and learn about our virtual service offerings. We'll see you next week.